Instead of value engineering, we're engineering value. Bringing you thought leadership on how to find success in U.S. manufacturing, this is Engineering Value, a Draper podcast. Hello and welcome to Engineering Value, a podcast by Draper. I'm your host today, Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the program. Today, we're discussing the benefits of motorization and automation of roller shades with two subject matter experts, and I'm going to introduce them to you right now. First, we have Jessie Wright. She's an architectural market specialist for Draper. Jessie, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. So happy to have you here on the podcast today. And then we also have Tyson McDonald, Director of Business Development for Automation and Motorization at Draper. Tyson, welcome to the program. Thanks. Excellent. Well, uh, I'm really excited to have both of you on and uh, excited to dive into the topic today. So Tyson, let's start off here. How does adding motorized or automated roller shades to a building provide benefits to the occupants? So the, the obvious benefits are, are just from the comfort level of the, of the users or the tenants inside the building. So um, the key things to point to are making sure that their, their comfort levels are there in terms of just not being exposed to glare. Because you can imagine sitting at your computer, sitting at your desk and having the sun kind of come directly into your space and directly either on your monitor or screen or directly into your eyes. It's, it's an uncomfortable feeling and people generally are not happy in that circumstance. So they get up, walk around, walk away, that type of thing. Um, and then the other is just sitting close to window walls or window areas. And then you have direct, direct sunlight coming in and it heats up the space quite a bit. And just as humans, we're not really designed to to sit around in a, in a hot space and, and be effective and productive at what we do. So the roller shades aspect of it is really to try to make a work environment as comfortable as possible. And the ideal situation is that you don't really even notice the roller shades are there and they just do their job. They make it more comfortable and you know you get up from, the, from your desk at the end of the day and say, yeah, uh, great day, didn't have to move my roller shades, everything was perfect and that's that's what our goal or aim is with the automated roller shade. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. Now, Jesse, you, you are more on the architectural side. So talk to me a little bit more about some of the benefits for the building design as well. Uh, you know, in addition to what Tyson just said about the benefits to occupants. Sure. Well, as far as building design, what automation in shades does is makes sure that it removes the human element from kind of messing up your design a little bit. Um, you know, benefits of shade, of shade, reduced glare, the reduced solar heat gain. Um, you get all of those benefits, but you don't have the hiccups of humans, you know, half, only doing it halfway. So, um, and a lot of times if you're viewing the building from the street side, you can see manual shades that have been half raised at different levels. And it really kind of messes with those clean lines that you've designed into your building. Um, and it just makes sure that your design intent is achieved without putting that burden onto the occupants. And it also allows for a level of integration with building management systems and, and lighting control systems as well, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's it really helps with um, making sure that you're synergizing your shades with existing systems as well. So you're not just getting the most out of your shades because you've 
programmed all of those benefits into the shading system, but you're also getting the most out of other technologies that you've invested in, making sure that you're integrating with your lighting system in a way that makes sure your lighting system does what it's supposed to do in conjunction with your shades rather than competing with your shades. And it also makes sure that you're getting the most out of an investment such as a building management system. Um, a lot of the technologies and uh, programs that we offer on our end are also available in a building management system. And so what we can do is make sure, first of all, that we're not duplicating those efforts, that we're using what's already there if it's there. Um, but we can also make sure that if it's not there, if the function that you need isn't there in your lighting or your management system, that we pick up the slack with the shading system uh, and make sure that we use both of those to the best of their ability. Absolutely. That helps you get your, your full return on investment for all of those different investments that you've made into uh, into the building. And so that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so Jesse, from your perspective, when during the design process should motorized or automated shade solutions be considered? And you know, how has being a part of the, the process helped you understand the questions to ask and the right time uh, for implementation? Sure. Well, it, in general, the earlier, the better. Um, shades end up interacting with so many different systems within the building. Um, shades interact with your glazing. So if you're talking about glazing, if you're talking about generating a daylighting um, plan for your project, those are all conversations that a shade specialist can contribute to and help ask the right questions early. I've had several instances where um, people don't really think about the shades until it's time to, to install them <laughs> and the building's already built. Um, and certainly we can work with that. We work with existing conditions all the time, but when that happens, a lot of the benefits that we could have built into the system um, and a lot of those hiccups and, and quirks, what language is your building speaking so that we can make sure our shading system speaks the same language? What kind of function do you need built in versus what kind of, you know, versus not needing that function because it's already existing in another system or it's really overkill for what you're trying to accomplish. And so all of these questions, um, the earlier that we ask these questions and make sure that we get you the system that you need means that we get the full benefit later on and we're not trying to you know we're not interfering with your design but we're also getting the most out of our system and yours and one of the one of the big things that comes out of this is that you don't end up down the line at the project with with the it would have been nice if or too bad we couldn't have done that um, and you also don't run into a situation where you have a, an end user that's paid a whole bunch of money for features or functions that they're never going to use or don't even need within the building, but it just happened to be a buzzword that they heard or somebody sold them on something that, that's not right for their project. So like Jesse's saying, the earlier that we can get in, the better the better we're going to be to actually tailor an, a product that's for them and for that that project instead of taking a product and trying to jam it into a project. Absolutely. That, that makes a lot of sense. Just uh, getting in as early as possible to make sure that everything is seamless and that everything's working together the way that it should to maximize the abilities and the functionality of these of these products and of this technology. That, that makes a lot of sense. So 
Tyson, as we talk about technology, how have you seen advancements in automation and motorization in recent years? How have they made these solutions more possible? Kind of talk me through some of the trends that you've seen in recent years and how that's really opened the door for these solutions. Well, we're, we're moving towards a, a world that's more integrated in, in everything, but also like buildings are not a, an exception to that. So one of the things that we're seeing is people want more integration in their buildings and want systems to work together. So that's becoming more possible as we, as we move more towards open protocols. So it used to be um, you had a lighting system that had, it, it just worked kind of on its own. You had a, an HVAC system that kind of worked on its own and the shading system kind of worked on its own. But now as we, we move more towards open protocols and understanding that if there's a benefit for everybody to work together, we can start to integrate those a little bit more. But um, there's, there's been other developments too, just in, in terms of the technology that we use to, to actually motorize roller shades. So, uh, you know, I guess in the, in the good old days, we had um, controllers that would sit outside and you had to find a place to put them in the building or bury them in the ceiling. And then, and then what we moved, we moved away from that and more towards intelligent motors. So we, we basically, we, we, we've made the motors themselves more intelligent. They can now speak directly to control systems. So they're part of the system instead of just being a physical motor that moves stuff up and down. So those types of things have moved us forward in, in terms of what's capable. And then the biggest one, I, I don't think this is a surprise to anybody, is just our improvement in society as a whole in terms of computing. So it used to be where you had to have a computer sitting in a room trying to communicate with all these different controllers to move things up and down and, you know, you, you have the old picture of this guy in a room kind of pushing buttons and, and making things go. Uh, and we've, we've brought that down to something that where we used to need a full computer to get stuff automated and integrated. Now we can do it with something that pretty much fits in your pocket. So that like just the development of, of computing itself has made it really more possible. And, and all these developments have, have helped drive the cost down significantly. So one of the product, but two on the installation point of view of, of being able to, to kind of have stuff more condensed, built into the motors so that we don't have to have extra components that require extra wiring. Um, so all these things have kind of contributed to advancing roller shades. But I would say, I guess to, to kind of reiterate, the big thing is the cost that's being driven down and our ability to, to just make that or that computing power that we have kind of shrink down to something that's more more manageable and then just opening up protocols and having everybody be able to talk to each other. Yeah, and to piggyback off of off of that, it's really important to realize that the cost of these systems is going down, but the cost of the installation of these systems is also going down. I mean, we're making um, we're making these automated systems much more user-friendly for the installer, not just for the end user. And that makes a world of difference when someone can set limits on, you know, multiple shades with a, a few clicks on a single tool um, and copy and paste. I mean, it just makes it so much easier and accessible, not just for these larger companies that install these, you know, several-story buildings, but the small to medium-sized companies and installers that um, all of a sudden this is much more accessible because it's simpler wiring, it's simpler to program, um, and it takes a lot less time. And so that installation process is also lowering as well. And that makes it much more accessible for small to medium sized projects that before wouldn't really consider automation, but now all of a sudden it's definitely something that's on the table. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that, that accessibility is uh, is an important aspect of this. And, and you know, as, as we discuss this, uh, it feels like the shift towards more connected devices and IoT is one that we've seen a, a lot on the residential side, right? So are there things that the commercial environment can learn from the successes that we have seen in residential when it comes to, you know, smart home technology and things along those lines? Uh, Tyson, is that something that, that, that you have seen that maybe the commercial environment can learn from? Yeah, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting topic that's come up a bit lately. And I think if you, if you go back, what we often used to see in the, in the roller shade market was that a new trend or a new technology would come into place on the commercial side and, uh, and kind of push down into the residential market. And so we would adapt those into the residential market. So to give you an example, you have, a, a, let's say a boardroom or a corner office, or even an auditorium where you had roller shades and then an AV group would come in and, and put in an, an an AV system, so an audio, an audio visual group is what I should say, would come in and put in their system and then it would, you know, the whole system would be integrated. So you'd hit a button, shades would come down, a projector drops from the ceiling, projector screen comes down, and then it becomes this, you know, this scene setting event that, that, that happens. And then we kind of saw that push into like the very high end residential where people might have a theater room in their house. And what we're seeing now is kind of a shift in that. So just the whole the whole influx of IoT into our lifestyles has has become prominent in our houses, and so everybody. I don't think it's it's that far fetched to think that the majority of people. I won't say everybody, but the majority of people have some sort of IoT device in their house. So it might be a smart speaker. Um, I guess to a certain degree, even your phone could be considered an IoT device, depending on what you're doing with it. So those things have become kind of instilled in us just in our daily lives at our at our home and people are coming to work with those ideas saying well you know I can move my shades with voice commands at home should I not be able to do this at work and so what we're seeing is that that those residential trends in IoT are now pushing up into the into the commercial market so it's been kind of a role reversal and so people are coming to work saying well you know I I just want to be able to move these shades with a, with a phone or with a, or from my desktop or or even with a voice command. And so we're seeing more people come come to or more of those design aspects being brought to the table during projects. And it's it's uh, it's something that that I'm sure will keep pushing forward. But it's something that in the commercial world we we still have to adjust to and, and grab onto the things that work because obviously in a commercial world not everything works the same as a, as a residential world and just trying to have everything connect is, is a little bit more complicated but um, we definitely are seeing the commercial wor- world start drafting off the residential world which has is, is been a change. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I I I would not consider myself uh, high end by any means, but uh, but even we have a uh, you know a, a Google Home device, right? That uh, we can control the lights and things like that in our home. And I think that this is uh, oh wow, this is incredibly futuristic. But you're right that that's made its way increasingly into the residential space, and um, and it's kind of one of those things that people come to expect. And so then you you begin to see it in the commercial space, and that 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 reversal of that trend, I think, is is really interesting. Um, so Jesse, you know, I think COVID-19 has introduced the need probably for more touchless solutions in our office settings. Uh, how do you think that factors into the thinking for for businesses and for facilities in the future? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've definitely seen with COVID-19 a huge shift toward um, flexible schedules, um, 
obviously a difference suddenly in a, um, in occupancy levels. Um, and, and I really don't foresee the need for that flexibility to change. Um, people are, are on, they're really getting used to flexible hours coming in when they need to working remotely when they need to. Um, and I think that we were kind of already trending towards that anyway, and COVID-19 just kind of gave us a shove into that direction, even quite harshly <laughs> sometimes. But, um, and I think that commercial spaces are going to have to be able to be adaptable to whatever comes along um, from here on out. And usually the design process takes into account the need for what that building is going to be upon substantial completion, right? So, um, but now I think designers are more concerned with, yes, this is what occupancy, this is what use is going to look like upon substantial completion, but I have to be able to completely and totally change based on whatever comes our way. So, our occupancy can levels will change. Our scheduling will change. Can my building, can my space adapt to whatever comes along? And automation really in your shading system really gives you the ability to adapt. We can program and, and make sure that we're um, getting the most out of what's going on in that space at that exact moment. But if things change, People expect to be able to change schedules even remotely. They expect to be able to, um, you know, it, all of a sudden the building's not going to be occupied when we thought it was going to be occupied. So I need to be able to, to lower those shades for security reasons. Um, they need that flexibility built in. And, um, and I think that that's going to be true moving forward even more so. Um, no matter what we see. I, th I think too, um, just to kind of go back to the question we had about IoT and, and integrating that into, into buildings and automation is that with, you know, with what we're seeing right now with the COVID state that we're, we're living in is designers are gonna have to move towards reducing high touch surfaces or reducing the need to have high touch surfaces. So with the automation aspect of it, like you, you no longer have to walk into a room and hit a switch or walk into a room and, and lower a manual shade with the chain. So instead of, instead of going that route, now we look at going to an automation route, which is going to eliminate the need for those touch surfaces. So, and that kind of, like I was saying, brings, brings in that whole IOT aspect. Like, do we now start to see more buildings where the, where people want to have voice activated shades or where they want just fully automated shades you know let the let the the intelligent shade system handle the movement of the shades will optimize this for you you guys never have to get up and touch the shades you don't have to worry about people touching switches or, or your cleaning staff coming through and having to wipe down every switch in the building because it's been touched throughout the day um, or people just operating shades from their workstation. So you're sitting at your desk, you're at your workstation, you go to a, you go to a URL that pops up a, a browser and you can adjust the shades in your office or in the boardroom that you happen to be in. So that whole aspect of automation, I think will be something that people are gonna easily latch onto and say, you know, what is the need for us to have to touch these? We have the technology to, to reduce the need for touch surfaces. Why don't we do that and implement it? 
Um, and it's an easy sell at this point in time because people, people now understand what the cost of that is. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's a, that's a huge trend that we'll see moving forward. And, uh, and you're absolutely right for, for pointing that out, Tyson. So, uh, the last thing I wanted to do before we wrap things up today is just give you, uh, give both of you an opportunity just to speak, uh, on anything that we may have missed when it comes to benefits of motorization and automation of roller shades, or, uh, just give us a summary statement on, on the benefits and, uh, you know, and, and just wrap things up nicely and tie a bow on it. So, uh, Jesse, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to mention or, uh, give us a summary statement on uh, on just the benefits from your perspective of motorization and automation. Sure. Uh, well, I think that now people really expect systems to run in the background uh, without their thought and without interrupting them. And so um, that's true at home. And now we're seeing that in the, the commercial market. They really expect those systems to be able to run without interruption. But on the other side of that, they also expect that system to be, they expect to be able to override that system when necessary or when things change. Um, so yes, they want it to be on a schedule. Yes, they want it to be in the background, but at the exact moment that they want that schedule to change or they want to no longer be in the background, that they want to interact with that system, they want that interaction to be easy, accessible, um, and intuitive. And so I think that's really what we're trying to get at with, with automation is that, yes, you have a system that you don't ever have to think about, but when you think about it, it does exactly what you want it to do when you want it to do it. Absolutely. Tyson, same thing. Uh, is there anything we haven't talked about or a summary statement you'd like to make before we wrap up today? I think the, the, the easiest summary statement for for automated shades is, is a bit what, I guess to piggyback a bit on what, on what Jesse was saying too, is that the ideal automated shade system is one that nobody knows exists. So you don't even notice it throughout the day. It's just, it's, you know, it does what it needs to do. Um, and like I was saying, I guess at the beginning, you get up from your desk at the end of the day and you, you never even go wishing the shades was because it just did what it was supposed to do. So I, I, I think that in doing that, we can, we can start to make it an environment more comfortable for people. We can start to make it thereby more productive for the people that are the tenants or the end users. And those are important aspects to building owners um, and who are looking to, to say, you know, how do I make this environment more comfortable, make people happy to come to work, make them more productive while they're at work. And automated shades can do all that sort of thing for you. And then I guess from a design point of view, one of the things that we, we really try to point out to designers is that, you know, when you, when you're looking at a building, you may not necessarily be thinking about how productive am I going to make uh, an end user. You, that may not be something you're, that comes into mind when you're focused on just the interior design and the look of the building. But um, no one renders a building with shades in the down position or the half down position. So I guess this goes back to, to what Jesse was saying. Like when the easy sell for us to designers is do you want your building to look like laundry day or would you like it to look crisp and clean? get the shades out of the way and have it the way that you rendered it and only have them there when you need it. So those are, those are some of the key aspects that we focus on. I think when we're looking at either selling to an owner or selling to a designer or selling to the end user. Jesse Wright and Tyson McDonald, thank you both so much for joining me today here on the podcast and talking about the benefits of motorization and automation of roller shades here on engineering value. Thank you both again for joining me. Thanks, Tyler. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
Excellent. Well, uh, thank you so much again for, for your insights and expertise. And everyone, thank you for joining us here on this episode of Engineering Value, a podcast by Draper. We appreciate it very much. Of course, if you're not already subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, make sure to do that to stay up to date with all things from Draper as well as thought leadership from the industry. And of course, we'll be back soon with more episodes of the podcast. But until then, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks for listening. 